0: you're listening to the b-school podcast i'm your host taylor elise morrison embodiment coach and founder of inner workout consider b-school your invitation to becoming a student of yourself so come on let's get studying everyone welcome back to B school. We're here with another guest today. I've got Sarah Ferris on the podcast. She is an emotional intelligence, don't worry, we'll dive into what emotional intelligence means, an energy expert, and she's the founder and principal of Vibe Elevated where she really serves a worldwide client base helping people develop greater emotional awareness and resilience in the workplace and beyond. She's a member of the Female Founders Collective. She's been published in MindBodyGreen, which is one of my favorite sites. And she's also collaborated with brands such as Free People, Lululemon, Athleta, and The Riveter. Thank you for being on the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. So when we connected, I got so excited because I feel like we talk about IQ a lot, and EQ is maybe over the past five years or so, it started to get a little bit more shine, but still in pretty like businessy and corporate settings. But it's not just something that you talk about all the time. Emotional intelligence isn't something that people are always familiar with. So, could you just tell us what emotional intelligence actually is? Yes. So a
1: little bit of quick history, emotional intelligence is a term that was created by two researchers, Peter Salavoy and John Mayer, no relation to the singer, (laughs) around the 1990s. And then it really came into popular culture because a book by Emotional Intelligence by Dan Goldman was published in 1996. So that's when the idea started to become more mainstream. Um, But to your point, it really hasn't come into a dialogue and a language in our everyday culture and society until fairly recently. And I think the reason for that is because emotional intelligence is what people consider a soft skill. And you were speaking earlier about IQ, which is your emotional quotient. And that's a hard skill. So think like data and technical skills, subject matter expertise. So something like your typing speed or your degree of proficiency in a language. And for a long time, the emphasis was on intelligence or things like those hard skills. Emotional intelligence is our ability to perceive, evaluate, and respond to our emotions and the emotions of others, as well as our ability to use that awareness to manage our behavior and relationships. So emotional intelligence is considered a soft skill. So think communication, empathy, self-control. There's been a great deal of data and research that is quite interesting and really indicates that if we invest more in our emotional intelligence, these are skills that we can really flex on and use to our advantage, as you mentioned, not just in the workplace,
0: but truly in every area of our lives. Thank you. That's really helpful because whenever something starts to be a buzzword... I feel like it makes the definition murkier and murkier because everyone's taking it and putting their own spin on it. So that was just a great primer on the idea of emotional intelligence. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not aware of any EQ assessment the same way that you can just take like an IQ test if you want to know what your IQ score is. So how can we start to benchmark our own emotional intelligence?
1: So I, I love reading. I am a big fan of old school books, whether it be on Kindle or paper. The book Emotional Intelligence 2.0 actually comes with an assessment that you can take online. I love that book because I think it gives a really high level overview of what emotional intelligence is, It gives you real life examples. For me, it really helps to be attached to some sort of story because then I can read that and be like, oh, okay, yeah. Now that I hear about how this actually comes into someone's life or in their communication or day-to-day interactions, that makes sense. And that's one of the reasons why I like Emotional Intelligence 2.0 because it shares a lot of stories from professionals and really helps put this information that feels kind of sterile in a better context. Um, So you can take that quiz online, and then the book itself has exercises and ideas to implement um, and build an emotional intelligence. There are a couple of online, there are a bunch of online quizzes out there, to be honest. Psychology Today has one that is quite robust. I think it's about 45 minutes long and almost 150 questions. So if you really want to spend time on this, Psychology Today has a good one. And I believe the Harvard Business Review also has one that's a bit more abbreviated. That one I think comes in around 25 questions. So that might be a better kind of entry level place to start. And then one of my favorite books to read, I again think the more that you can observe and read real life stories, it really helps you put two and two together in your own mind. So this example, you might not really get a great benchmark of your EQ, but nonetheless, it's going to get your wheels turning. I recently read this book called Permission to Feel, Unlocking the Power of Emotions to Help Our Kids, Ourselves, and Our Society Thrive. It's by Mark Brackett, and he is a founding director at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And that one is not just for people who have children. I do not have children, and I read it, and I thought it was wonderful. So there's a lot of great information to be gathered in that book that can help you kind of self-assess where you fall in the many different areas of emotional intelligence.
0: That's really helpful. And I guess as I was realizing how I framed that question, I guess I'm wondering, is there a standardized, like are all these questions speaking towards the same general categories around emotional intelligence or does everyone take a different spin around it? I'm wondering what exactly they're testing for. So...
1: Before I answer that, I'll just back up a little bit because I think this might help give more context. In general, emotional intelligence consists of four different areas, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. So the self-awareness and self-management both fall under personal competence. Social awareness and relationship management fall under social competence. So whatever sort of test you're taking is assessing your strengths or weaknesses in all four of those areas, or at least any good test should really get to the root of those four different areas of emotional intelligence.
0: That's really helpful. Yeah, because it it can be such a a broad term and we just say, oh, emotional intelligence. So understanding what that breakdown is. Thanks for doing that backup. I probably should have started there.
1: Well, I think it's, if I may just add quickly, just to help, because there's a lot to it. I mean, (laughs) listeners are probably like, wait, how many different areas? And really, you can sort of pare it down and think about it from the context of, okay, how am I at being aware of my emotions and managing my emotions? And then how am I at reading other people's emotions and managing other people's emotions so that I can maybe be better at conflict management or bond better with people or influence others. So to keep things like super simple, when you think about emotional intelligence, you just really think about it from the internal and external because it's not just about self. You could be have wonderful, tremendous degrees of self-awareness, but have really poor social awareness because you're only paying attention to yourself and your emotions. So it's really important to think about the internal and external and not just fall into one area, if
0: that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. So, if people are listening to this and they're like, okay, now I understand what emotional intelligence is, how can I start to build up my EQ or how can I improve my emotional intelligence skill set? What are some tips that you have for them? Yes.
1: So, I think working to Increase EQ is something that we might not realize actually has a huge benefit on not just how we feel about ourselves, but on even how much we make. For example, every point of increase in your EQ, also known as your emotional quotient, adds about $1,300 to your annual salary. So basically, the short of that is the higher EQ you have, the more likely you're going to be a high performer. Emotional quotient is actually the single biggest predictor of performance in the workplace and the strongest driver of leadership. So again, it's not just important so that you can be an em- a more aware human being, which you know is very important, but it has a direct correlation to essentially how you're able to excel in your career and how much money you make. So these points are all they hit all four different areas. They're not just social awareness or self-management. They're all over. I think one of the best things that you can do to kind of lay the foundation is just start checking in with yourself throughout the day and ask yourself, how am I feeling? Truly the foundation of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. It's having a grip on how you're feeling at any given time in the day, noticing where in your body you're feeling your emotions. So Maybe you're feeling a lot of tension in your head. Maybe you're feeling it in your lower abdomen. You don't need to do anything about it necessarily or fix it. You just need to be aware of how you're feeling and where you're feeling it. Another interesting thing to start doing is kind of recognize if you're feeling your emotions or if you're picking up on the emotions of other people. A lot of times, especially women, we... Really thrive by having high degrees of empathy, meaning, and by the way, empathy is a component of emotional intelligence. If we're a female, if we identify as female and we're highly empathic, we're super tuned into the emotions and energy of the people around us, which in general is a really good thing. But if we're focused too much on that, then the line between our emotions and someone else's emotions can get really muddy and we end up carrying that. So being aware of, is this mine or is this someone else's can be a really, really strong catalyst to understanding how you're being affected by other people's emotions. I really love that question. It's a big one. I I tell most of my clients Because again, it's, it's just, it's so easy to get swept up, especially with people close to us, you know, our family, our close friends. I mean, how many times have you been in a conversation and walked away and really felt what that other person was feeling? That is empathy in action. So it's a really, really, I will say transformational question to start asking yourself.
0: Yeah, that's something I want to start incorporating. I feel like I'm starting to be really in tune with how things feel in my body and that comes natural to me, but I don't really think about where that tension always came from and if it's something that I've absorbed or if if it's actually coming from within. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm sitting here like, hmm, I want to go do some journaling now. Awesome. <laughs> well, I have these three lightning questions that I ask everyone who comes on the show And so the first question that I want to ask you is, what is something that you've learned recently that you're really excited about?
1: I don't know that I'm like super excited about, more just motivated and inspired. As a business owner, I have started my business Vibe Elevated from the ground up, and it's been the most challenging, but most rewarding experience. (laughs) And I think something that I've learned very recently on a deep level is that you really are not going to get what you want by waiting for people to approach you. You really have to ask and put yourself out there, even if something feels far-fetched. I don't know if you are familiar with the Enneagram. Have you heard of it? Yes,
0: I'm a three-wing four.
1: (laughs) Okay. Ooh, interesting. I'm a nine wing one and as a nine, it's really difficult for me to be direct and ask for exactly what I need. And that's been something that I've really been focusing on, especially as a business owner. And I think it's a great lesson to learn for all
0: of us, regardless of what we do. Couldn't agree more. That, that's a really good learning that hopefully all of us will choose to, to adopt that learning as our own as well what is something that you're currently in the process of unlearning? So kind of on that note of
1: asking and putting yourself out there, I'm always working on feeling comfortable with rejection. I think, again, being in business, you have to get used to hearing no or to you know be rejected in whatever form that comes in and not let that get you down. Because man, if, if we let the no's in our life really prevent us from moving forward, where would we be? And I think it's a, being resilient and having grit. I was reading this book recently and they talked about grit. And I'm like, ooh, that's a really good word because you really have to have grit sometimes. And I think when you deal with or unlearn the fear around rejection, you really develop grit. And I think that's an important skill that we probably could all benefit from.
0: Yeah, I love Angela Duckworth's work around grit. And that's something I'm always trying to cultivate within myself as well. Mm -hmm. And then the last question, this one's super fun for me. What's a way that you've grown that you're proud of? And I really invite you to step into bragging and really feeling the sense of pride that a lot of times as women, we don't allow ourselves to do that. This is your time to celebrate yourself. Ooh, I love this. Man, this is a really good question.
1: This and all of my answers, I feel like, are so tied into the same thing, the same topic, and the same space. I've recently started doing five things a day that feel either extremely intimidating or really scary professionally. And the first day that I did it, I remember just feeling kind of nauseous and just feeling a lot of like visceral reactions in my body. But knowing like, listen, if you want your business to grow, if you want to get to these places that you've really defined for yourself, you have to start doing these things. And looking back on myself, I mean, truly even six months ago, there are things that I probably would have put on my to-do list and then just casually let slip from one week to the next. And I've really made an effort to get over that and just do it. Just like jumping in and not worrying about what's going to happen, just doing it. And I'm, I'm really proud of myself because It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of resiliency. And when you are running a business or doing anything that has a lot of risk involved, it can feel paralyzing. And I think, you know, acknowledging the fact that like we all feel scared about doing the things in our life that feel risky, um, it's something that we can probably all identify with. But at the end of the day, it's one of the hardest things to do. So really leaning into that discomfort and doing something that in your head, you're like, no, don't do it. Like you're never going to succeed, but just choosing to not listen and doing it anyway.
0: I'm super proud of that. Thank you for sharing that. You should be proud of yourself for that. That takes a lot of inner work. And there's this book that I love. I talk about it probably at some point every month but it's called secrets of six figure women and one of my favorite quotes from that book is like feel the fear have the doubts go for it anyway and just learning how to this was a theme in so many of your answers of learning how to put yourself out there know that you're not exactly sure how it's gonna go but deciding to do it anyway that takes a lot of strength so i'm proud of you too
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's very much um, learning about the Enneagram has actually been incredibly helpful because I know like, oh, this isn't just something that I feel like this is a foundational part of who I am and I don't need to let it stop me, you know? And um,
0: yeah, it's it's been good. It's been good for my nine self. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I just talked to an Enneagram coach and we were thinking about these ways. um, One of the questions was around how you could support other Enneagram types and their goals and what that looks like. And yeah, once you start to know yourself and I mean, B-School, it's all about getting to know yourself and self-study. Once you start to know yourself, you can figure out the best strategies for how to show up in a way that's aligned to who you are and where you want to go.
1: Yeah. And really like that's emotional intelligence. You know, It's just having the awareness of who am I and how am I showing up right now? And what can I be doing differently to have that level of influence or impact that I want? That's why I'm so passionate about it because I'm sure you've explored this theme in so many different ways on here in the work that you do, but we can't control what happens to us in life. I mean, maybe we can a little bit, but At the end of the day, the only thing we really have control over is how we choose to respond. So let's focus on what we do have control over so we don't go crazy in the process and really put ourselves in tough situations trying to overexert control because that never ends well.
0: (laughs) So true. (laughs) And I feel like that's a good note to end it on. Just reminding like with emotional intelligence and getting to know ourselves and then understanding how we relate to others, at the end of the day, the main piece that we can control is ourselves and we can try and kind of exert influence in other places. But yeah, that self-knowledge is so, so important. Sarah, if people want to continue this work around emotional intelligence and really build up their skill set in that area, how can they stay connected with you? Where can they find you? Tell us all the places. Sure. So I send out a monthly or
1: bi-monthly email, and you can join the free list at Vibe Elevated. That's V-I-B as in boy, E, elevated.com slash connect to join that email list. It's got a lot of free tips and tools and techniques, and then I also offer energy sessions that can help with a multitude of issues that you might be coming up against, whether it's with your own self-awareness, whether it's with dealing with difficult situations or um, learning how to navigate in extremely high stress situations. And I also have a foundations program that if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I'm super interested, I highly recommend looking into the foundations program because it's quite robust and it's going to cover everything we've talked about today.
0: Awesome. I will link to everything in the show notes, so don't feel like you need to remember this all off the top of your head. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to be on B-School. Thank you so much. This has been really fun and an honor to be with you. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com.